Welcome to the very first episode of Breaking Mayberry Parental Control, the podcast miniseries that acknowledges that the only way to get close to your family is by watching television. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider. I'm the other host, Dan Ludwig. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. Dan and I haven't been around for a while. Uh, yeah. We, uh, we took the entire summer off, which was nice, refreshing. I'd spent an entire summer without having to watch the fucking Andy Griffith show. Uh, and now we're extending that for as long as possible. Absolutely. We are stretching this out. So remember last year, last time we did a, uh, a season break, we came back and we said, you know what? We can't do the Andy Griffith show at first. We did uh, we did I Dream of Genie with bottle episodes. So we're doing another mini series. We're going to get back to Mayberry. Don't worry. I think there's a handful of you who are like, ah, I don't want to hear anything other than the Mayberry show. And you people are weird. One guy uh, who yelled at us one time and has been in our heads ever since. No, there's a couple. There's been more than one. Like, some people come in here exclusively for... Some people come to hear us talk about stuff, but some people come exclusively for the Mayberry stuff, and I haven't figured them out. But God bless you. Glad to have you here, I guess. Whatever. We're not doing this. Uh, we are doing a new new miniseries called Parental Control, uh, where we are sort of turning this back on ourselves and some of our favorite guests. Uh, we're bringing on guests to talk about shows that are associated with their parents either a a show that your parent loved parent or other relative or caregiver either a a show that they loved when they were a kid b a show that they loved when you were a kid or c your parents favorite show now uh so to get us started we are bringing it we're keeping it in the family and so we have uh a new guest that we've never had this particular ludwig on we've had the other Ludwig sibling on Annie Ludwig, Dan's hey. older sister, younger, younger. still younger, younger. Dan's younger sister. Despite Dan, you the, the oldest? energy, yeah, I'm the yes. oldest. Despite I'm everybody's assumption, yeah, <laughs> we've been, I'm, I'm the middle. So we've been I'm... friends for like ten years. I should know this. Yeah, no, we've had I've had cousins announce Annie is the oldest. I do not care what you say. Yeah. So, a Annie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Quick question. Have you ever listened to your brother's podcast? I I have, but, like, right at the beginning, oh. when you guys are, like, just getting in the groove of it. I have, I'm not a big podcast listener. I'm more of, like, an NPR in the car kind of person. <laughs> so the exact opposite <laughs> of our vibe. So I, like, get distracted when I'm driving, if I'm listening to podcasts, and it, I just don't, like put headphones in when I'm walking around doing stuff. And I also like, I work in the city and as a woman, I don't like to wear headphones when I'm walking around. Fair enough. I feel like I'm going to get attacked. Right. Fair enough. More uh, than so fair. I'm just. So An Annie, we left it to you to pick these, ep to pick the show and these episodes. So uh, you want to tell us what you picked the, you picked the show and you want to tell us what show you picked and you want to tell us why you picked this show. Yeah, so um, I picked Stargate SG-1. Mm -hmm. um, it was our dad's favorite show. I actually have to admit, like, while I know we're going to make fun of this a lot right now, I love this show. <laughs> it's <laughs> I just binge-watched it, like, eight months ago. It's good. You've watched this, like, end-to-end <laughs> -end multiple times, uh, right? No, so that's not true. Okay. I There's a point, and it, it ran for, like, 
nine or ten seasons, I think. Ten years. Insanely um, long. Uh, there's and, a point and then there where, are multiple spin-offs too right yeah there's i've never watched the spin-offs i've watched the original movie and most of and i think i watched most of stargate sg1 when it was airing with dad mm-hmm. um but as a rewatch there gets a point where um they defeat the original bad guys and they introduce these new weird bad guys that i don't vibe with mm-hmm. they bring a bunch of the main characters leave they bring in new ones and they stop using the Stargates, and the, the U.S. Air Force builds a spaceship. And I just am not for it. I'm like, what? What are you doing? It's Stargate. Why are we in a spaceship? The what's happening? It's one of those shows that goes on so long where they're just like, cancel us, please. Yeah, we are so, so like the first five seasons are my like that's what I rewatch. I just stop after. <laughs> it, it, I, it becomes it becomes like a Stargate of Theseus kind of thing, right? Like once yeah. you have replaced every member of the cast, once you've done all this, is it even the same? What you, is it even the same yeah. show anymore? You know? It, it, yeah. And the replacements were just like white people. Like it was just like here's Steve Stevenson. He's a man. He has black hair. I mean, I gotta be honest, man. This this cast is pretty bland except for like the one guy who is uh wharf spock (laughs) (laughs) so i'm i'm gonna disagree with you i love all of them (laughs) like this original cast i'm like if i ever saw them in the street i would cry all right right. so so, so you're all you're all in on this well they helped raise us basically Uh, I'm gonna have to keep my mouth shut through a lot of this. this is, no, no, this, no, go no, 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 no. This, I... is, this is Ludwig. This is Ludwig Family Power Hour, and I respect that, and I acknowledge it. I'm a uh, guest in the Ludwig home at this point. Like, so like knowing that you guys were gonna want to make fun of this show, I picked the two episodes that, off the top of my head, had the most ridiculous premise. Okay, right? Okay, and, yes. I was gonna ask. I was wondering. <laughs> These. These are not my favorite episodes. They, I, I was like, what will be the funniest? Yeah. Okay. So, All right. You, good. You, 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 you get what we're going with yeah. here. Marty, Marty is like, thank God she's not insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I was wondering. I was wondering why you picked these two episodes in particular. Because I've, so I've never watched any Stargate SG-1, although this is also one of my father's favorite shows. Right. Okay, so, I feel like it's a dad show. It's, it's a everybody's dad dad's show. top ten. It's a it's <laughs> it radiates. There are dads who have not seen this show who are like top five shows, Stargate SG One. Don't know what it's about, but it's in there. And I I will watch sci-fi stuff with my dad. Right, I'm I'm the one who got my dad into like Firefly, you know. But this one, I just I couldn't. It never caught my interest. It was too it was too military for me. It was too much. It's also like a big buy-in because mm. to understand what's going on really well, you have to watch the movie <laughs> right. in in which nothing happens for the first 45 minutes of that movie. I would argue right? nothing happens for the second 45 minutes of the movie as well. Yeah. So if you don't know, the show Stargate SG-1 is based on the, the movie Stargate, which stars um, Jack O'Neill who in the show is played by Richard Dean Anderson is played by um, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah. And then um, Daniel Jackson is played by um, Spader. James Spader. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that movie, like to be honest, it's, it's long. It's very nineties. 
and it's a long vine. And then the show starts with like two full movies to introduce the show. It's a lot. I I feel like the movie kind of introduced the whole ancient aliens thing too. Like this kind of like definitely popularized the whole, the pyramids were created by aliens thing. Um, Cause they, it goes hard on that. Like, All right. Yeah. So, so on the off chance that any of our listeners don't know what we're talking about, which I feel is, you know, unlikely because our listeners are a bunch of nerds, but can you give us just like broad strokes, the premise of Stargate either SG one or as a whole? Yeah. So um, the whole premise is that uh, at some point during a dig in Giza, um, archaeologists found this giant ring in the dirt and eventually with between archaeologists and scientists um they realize that it's a space travel device the american air force takes control of it and eventually they get it to work in the movie they travel to another world that's very like ancient egypt and uh, it turns out that there are these evil alien parasites that take over human bodies and pretend to be gods in order to, like, cultivate these humans for hosts for more parasites. So in the movie, they defeat the alien posing as Ra, the Egyptian sun god. And then in the show, they basically say oh, it turns out we can go to all these other planets. And kind of how they start that is that one of the characters, Daniel Jackson, his wife is taken by the gold and he's on a mission to rescue her. And the Air Force wants to find uh, alien technology to help defeat these aliens. So they just, every episode, go to a new planet and see what's there. I was shocked (laughs) to find out that uh, Stargate came out in 1994. Like, that movie feels so much older. It feels like it has 1986 written all over it. But I was just thinking, I feel like like any time there is, like, a military intervention in the Middle East, uh, which happened in the early 90s and also in the early 2000s, you always get, like, a movie about, we found something over there. Yeah. Like, there's a big trend of, like, military guys found something over in the desert over there. Let's find out what it is. Uh, I was thinking about that recently because I watched all three Blade movies. Uh, <laughs> and you can absolutely tell that there are some major developments in uh, geopolitics between Blade 2 and Blade 3. Uh, and Blade 3 opens with a pyramid where they find a thing inside of it that's going to be a big thing or whatever. And, like so many movies open with like, Hey, we're just a couple of hardworking guys and someone is paying us to move this heavy rock. And I sure hope there's no ancient <laughs> evil underneath it. <laughs> Barry. That's how- literally the intro of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Barry, how close to retirement are you? <laughs> oh man. I'm gonna, let me just take out this picture of my wife and kids. <laughs> oh, I sure do love them. Let me We're just joshing around. We're having a good time. We have a dynamic. Oh, <laughs> uh, just you mentioned the uh, the aliens, Annie. The uh, Gould go out. Uh, mm-hmm. there? Uh, the Guardians of Gahul. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, there's that, there's that two kind of... kinds of characters. Okay, yeah, there's two kinds of characters. There are characters that pronounce it correctly, Goa'uld, which is like the way that Goa'uld say it, and then okay. there's characters like like Jack O'Neill, who's like. Cool. Yeah. yeah El- like, 
Elliot Gould, right? (laughs) It's the alien race of Elliot Gould. Just a bunch of Elliot Goulds just crawling around in people's stomachs. But like yeah. they, I as a kid, one of my earlier memories was um like actually seeing one of these fucking things and immediately being like, oh this I I now know that I'm too young for this because yeah, they're like these nasty icky. little freaks. So the episodes you picked for us, uh, yeah. are season one episode five, the Broca Divide, mm-hmm. and season mm-hmm. two episode eighteen, the Holiday. I'm sorry, not it's just called Holiday. It's not yeah. the holiday. It's not, <laughs> it's not an episode where Jack O'Neill switches houses with Kate Winslet. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yes. Watching, uh, watching Jack Black seduce Teal'c. Yeah, I. Kate, down. I'm down. They, they they switch houses, but Kate Winslet has to go to the Air Force Base with a Stargate. <laughs> oh, this is charming. Yeah. Just going to Cheyenne Mountain. Yeah. Oh, I love all the concrete. <laughs> oh man! So, so these... this is called this episode is called Holiday, and it is mm-hmm. every sci-fi show has at least one body switching episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. this one, and that's this one. Yeah. And... So I will. I was gonna say there's three basic kinds of episodes in Stargate, especially in the beginning. There are episodes where they go to a planet, and the problem is on the planet. Okay. And there are episodes where they go to a planet and they accidentally bring a problem home. Okay. So both of both of these episodes are that kind of episode. Um, the third kind of episode is um, like we're going to sneak onto a spaceship and save the world and blow up a sun. This is these ones since they're like the wackier kind. They kind of feel like um, what if Doctor Who had way more bureaucracy? <laughs> <laughs> what if Doctor Who had to fill out paperwork each time he did an episode? Because it's really, this seemed so normal as a kid, and as an adult, it's so weird to see, like, I'm a I'm an uptight military man, and I'm reciting sci-fi jargon. We gotta fight Anubis and, and activate the Quablu. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the, the Dathar race, and it's just like, you feel like a character from Top Gun who is saying the wackiest shit I've ever heard. I, I was thinking... I put these these episodes on, and my fiance Sarah said, "Do you want to watch the first episode uh, so you know what's going on?" And I was like, "Eh, no, I think I'll figure it out." And the very first line you hear is the like big Colonel Bald guy, Colonel yeah. Bald guy <laughs> saying, "The Quillic ruins that we discovered <laughs> have not been translated into an ancient realm of of fortitude." And I, that's the very first line that i heard after i said yeah "Yeah, i don't need to i'll figure this out Mm -hmm. yeah when he was like yeah the cartouche we found on chulak and the yeah the we you know the last symbol is the the homes i was like they're not gonna know they're (laughs) they're gonna be very confused i feel like every single uh, in between takes uh colonel bald man turns to the camera and goes i was in king lear god damn it (laughs) i'm an actor (laughs) You need to make some of these yeah. words less silly, goddammit. Every, also, every sci-fi show has a scene where, like, a nerdy character, like, says something real basically technical, like, oh, the megabytes on this are showing up a, a thing. And then the bad, the badass character's like, English, please. Right? Yeah. That always happens. Except that was me from the opening scene of this, <laughs> <laughs> this episode. <laughs> 
but I, I got it. I'm like, okay, you, you found symbols on a thing. You don't know what they mean. Okay, we got it. Let's let's let's, let's roll. Uh, do we want to do Broca Divide or Holiday first? Yeah, let's do Broca Divide first because okay. it's earlier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is very early on. It's like episode five of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wilded it out early. All right, which one of you wants to? Uh, which one of you wants to give an overview of this episode, or should I go ahead and do it? Uh, I'm I'm really interested to see what you <laughs> what what I take from it. Okay, all right, yeah. all right, yeah. Okay, so, uh, in this episode, uh, our our heroes are exploring different planets. They figure out you can use the uh, the the Stargate to go to different planets. They go to a planet that's like P90X. Uh, that's what they call it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. And like, there's a whole thing about like how these are not memorable names and whatever. They go there and they discover that this planet apparently doesn't have a moving or doesn't move around the sun because there's a light half of the planet and there's a dark half of the planet. The planet is also apparently very small because they walk from the light half of the planet <laughs> to the dark. Or, or they landed right on the equator. I don't know. It's like uh, one of the planets from Super Mario Galaxy where you can like jump to the next planet. Uh, as a side note, look, I, I'm not one of those dickheads that's like, oh, why is everybody speaking English or whatever? But I didn't think it was kind of like, a, it's kind of a waste. It's kind of a boring if you can travel to every alien planet, but every yeah. alien is basically human. Except so that's like, explained in the canon of oh, the show. Drop some lore figured, on I us. figured it was. Yeah. Uh, and and I, was, so, I was looking at IMDb. I clicked on the little bit of IMDb trivia that was like, <laughs> why do all of the characters speak, all the aliens speak English? Uh, and I clicked okay. on that, and it was nine paragraphs long. <laughs> so do you want me to give you the really <laughs> give me, short Give me version? cliff notes. Yeah, cliff notes, please. <laughs> so, so the reason that most of the aliens they encounter are human was because they were kidnapped from Earth by the bad guys to form like little colonies of hosts that the aliens could take advantage of. Right. Like, so okay. humans evolved on earth and then they were like, we're going to drop them all over the galaxy so that we have lots of little pockets of people to enslave. Okay. Right? And then there's something sometimes we can understand. Like, so generally if they're humans and they're on a planet that, uh, has had a Stargate for a long time that you just assume you can understand them. There's like some kind of a language thing Did with they... the Stargate. Oh, wait, but also wasn't Daniel a Jackson's thing... a linguist. So he, you know, I, I think there was a the thing of like, they, they just kind of hand waved away. They're like, if you go through yeah. the Stargate, you can speak their language. I think there was like, yeah. the Stargate does it. Yes. Yeah, sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. Like if the Stargate knows that the like la- both the languages, that is, that is a reoccurring theme of like, you're like, all right, well this element doesn't make sense. And then Stargate is like, actually I have 45 pages explaining exactly how that makes sense. Buckle the fuck up. It, 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 it's always amazing to me when there's like deep internal canon to explain what in real life was. Cause we didn't have the fucking money for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah. why do all the aliens look like humans? Because we didn't have the money to make aliens. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> they were like, yeah. they were like, we're not doing the Star Trek thing where everybody is an alien, but they have like a, a googly eye taped on their forehead. We're actually going to make What are you talking about? A- There's a dude with a fucking belt buckle attached <laughs> to his forehead. That's like a main character. <laughs> he won his you- forehead in a rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we have to yeah, talk Marty. about Teal'c's forehead. 
Marty, could you explain Teal'c to me? <laughs> Alright, so as I mentioned before, Teal'c is both Spock and Worf. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the only black guy on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And he has, like, a Venom symbiote inside of him. Yeah. That I, mm-hmm. I talk... And to be, I, I cheated on this one because after watching two episodes and screaming, what is your deal <laughs> with this guy? I had to look it up. So he was a warrior from a different planet, but like he's also a genetically modified human who is an incubator for one of the guardians of Gahul yeah. uh, inside of him. So he, ha- he has a Gahulian, uh, he has Elliot Gould inside <laughs> of him. <Yes. laughs> and Elliot Gould gives him, the, mm-hmm. gives him super strength. And, like, a regeneration ability. And he also does some kind of meditation to connect yeah. with the symbiote inside of yeah. him. Yeah. This is the episode where we introduce that, and it is outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, okay. All right. The, he has so many deals going on simultaneously. Yeah. Just all angles. He, he yeah, is, like, and- oops, all, uh, oops all characters. Like, he is just, they're like, how many types of guy can this be simultaneously? But he's, he, mm-hmm. so you can tell, so he's the warrior dude, but he's also, like, the Spock to Jack O'Neill's Kirk, because uh, he's yeah. the very calm and logical one. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't understand the references. He's making this kind of noise. He's doing, he's discount yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in this episode, our crew goes to this planet uh, that has the light and the dark side, uh, and they discover that in the dark area are these cavemen, basically. Uh, it's a race of like like hominid cavemen, uh, and then on the light side is a advanced society that lives in a giant pottery barn, uh, it, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it's, it's particularly... The, they're introduction of the cavemen is fantastic because they're like all right we're gonna go through we're like this will be fine and then they get what could only be described as a beat down where just it's nasty, cavemen just descend on them and but, immediately start beating the living piss out of them so i have to so that my my favorite part of this episode is like when they're like we sent the mouth through which is basically like a giant 90s camera on wheels that yeah. they just like send through the gate to be like is this planet safe and they're like, so it's completely dark. We can't see, but we're sure it's fine. Yeah. So we're just going to send you through, but with, like, friends. Yeah. Like you brought in some Marines. They're going to go with you. Usually, anytime there are extra people who go through the Stargate with the main team, they all die. They're red shirts. Every, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I'm like, this is the only time that I don't, like, the that they don't all die. So I was... Yeah. If anything, surprised. the red shirts clown on them because they're like they're they're like the main characters are like, all right, disposable meatheads, you guys can hang back. Let us take the lead. And then they walk through like, oh fuck, oh shit, oh he's he's stomping on my head. And then the red shirts come through and are like, hey nerds, how'd that go? Uh, we're just gonna like easily walk through this entire situation. Your jobs are not that hard. And then they basically disappear for the rest of the episode. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like we, we brought these military dudes, and there's like a conflict between the military and the science guys. In fact, Colonel Bald Guy even says, like, looks right at the camera and goes, is this going to be the military versus science argument again? <laughs> and I sat there going, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You wrote this guy. Come on. <laughs> you wrote this motherfucker. You know what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. But then 
we kind of toss that aside because uh, science becomes the enemy. They bring back a uh, virus from the uh, from the planet. They bring back a, a, a virus that that yeah. the planet members or the people that live on that planet describe as a curse. Mm-hmm. They say, yeah. the people on the dark side have been cursed by the gods. They have a curse, and we put them over there. <laughs> so the the point that I have to argue, you are missing the most is that these people the uninfected people the non-cavemen people on this planet are dressed in what i can only describe as like peak gen z fashion (laughs) 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 like like a man in like a crop top with cleavage and chest hair just it's a hat we can never let them (laughs) see that headdress that the main guy is wearing because that will be two hundred dollars at h&m Says, yeah. We were watching, and there's a there's like a couple there. Like we only ever see th- like two or three of these uh, like light side knowing people. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is a woman whose tits are just out, and the other <laughs> is a guy just whose out. tits are just out. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, uh, oh, very, very tits out race. The guard with the funny hat. That yeah. He looks like a, a cardinal almost, like one of those that like blue. You you know what? Okay, I, I I was saving this, but I want to skip to my favorite part of this. Yeah. Uh, l- late in the episode, our team brings to the light side or is the Minoans a member of their team that has been infected, but at this point cured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say we've got a cure. Listen to us. And the leader of the Minoans, the guy in the giant heads headdress, says, "Put him in the isolation cell, and we'll listen." <laughs> And no, the it, was, iso- it was the isolation so circle, it's which makes less sh- sense. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Because the isolation <laughs> cell or the isolation circle is a very wide open space in the same room. You just walk him to the other side of the room, put him on the stairs, lay him on the floor, basically, where two guys with spears stand slightly in front of him. No, yeah. the, it was the isolation circle, it's which a is COVID a collection nightmare. Of- <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> the isolation like, circle like- is a collection of throw pillows that they put him on. Yeah, exactly. It's a chaise lounge. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you were like, we don't want to get COVID, so let's just all lock you in a bedroom together. They, right? Basically, what he said is, drag his limp body up three steps and put him on some outdoor patio pillows. But that yeah. that's late in the episode. Uh, before yeah. that, they bring back this very contagious virus uh, from Dark Light, from P90X. Mm-hmm. They bring it back from, from that, that planet, yeah. and then uh, it starts to infect everybody inside of the air force base that they where they are uh and this is this is an, another standard sci-fi trope it makes everybody really aggressive or horny or whatever it's all based on very very weakly thought out kind of survival of the fittest uh like pseudoscience oh uh, it's, can can we talk about the science behind it because what it is is you have a blood parasite that eats the part of your the, that eats the chemicals that make you not a caveman, which is insane. Because apparently, twenty yeah. minutes without this chemical, you develop a very thorough caveman brow ridge, uh, like mm-hmm. severe bone deformities, and a unibrow. Which I didn't know there was one <laughs> chemical in my body stopping hey, that from happening. Doctor Fraser said they had increased follicle growth. <laughs> Apparently just on their eyebrows. Just one spot. <laughs> they don't 
all get mega hairy. They all just are like, and we're going to put one sticker of hair here and yeah. costume change complete. Yeah. I just have to say, like, the makeup department on this show, killing it. <laughs> like, amazing. With, I love it. With their budget of, like, 20 bucks per episode, they are doing great. So, so yeah. everybody's getting infected with this. They're all getting uh, aggressive or extra testosterone, or they're getting they're they're, they're getting cave vampires, uh, with a couple of exceptions. Teal'c, because he's got his uh, his venom symbiote. That's his little tummy buddy. buddy. Yeah, his tummy buddy. Junior. As yeah. Call him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he and the two doctors, uh, Doctor Daniel, and so he's an archaeologist doctor. Okay. Uh, Sam is the lady. Sam is also a doctor, but she's like an astrophysicist. Yeah. Okay, so so, uh, but she's military, so they don't call her doctor. Yeah, got it. She, they call God, her captain, right? Yeah, lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Why is it uh, captain? No, she's, she's ca- captain. She's captain. Don't don't later like major de- and colonel. Don't like she, rank her, Jan. <laughs> sorry, yeah, she, sorry. She gets promoted, so oh, okay. it's hard for me to call her captain because most of the show she's major. But okay. all right, but she's captain. Uh. But Doctor <laughs> Daniel, what's Daniel's last name? The Jackson. Doctor Daniel Jackson, and then the actual, the medical doctor, the medic on there. They are, mm-hmm. they don't get infected. So, question is, why are these two humans, you know, immune somehow? Uh, and I'm just gonna fucking skip to the end. It's because they took Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's they like. It's because they're nerds <laughs> with hay fever. Yeah. She said we both take antihistamines, and I had to pause and be like. There's no way I'm thinking of what I'm the right antihistamines. <laughs> because there's no so, way that it's that they're taking a leave. Yeah. A leave isn't an antihistamine. antihistamine. Oh, is That's, it not? A leave's not no, an you're antihistamine. thinking Allegra. You're thinking of Allegra. Allegra. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to do that again? <laughs> it's because um, they're taking Allegra. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Daniel Jackson being a sneezy nerd is like really canon like from the movie sure continuously sure. sneezing right you, you bring in uh, like, oh he's a, that's what he's spader did at that he time sneezes. yeah, yeah. Sp- spader played this had such a weird range in the 80s and 90s where he was like like a sex machine but also a fucking dork yeah like he, yeah. Sw- he swung that pendulum back and forth i'm a good question is is James Spader hot? I don't know. I'm gonna say mm. yes. Yeah. Andy, do you have Medium. familiarity with James Spader or are we I mean I mean the most I mean a little like from the movie yeah. and then also like the office. Yes. Right. Which So like Office? No. Or young James Spader? Maybe because like he he appeared know, in like maybe, a lot of know. like erotic thrillers in the eighties. That was like heavy well, made he, bread and butter. It's all voice. He has a really hot voice, right? I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, think that's that, a really, I think that's damn. True. That's a bold opinion for you to have. I I think I think he has a hot voice. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna ta- sure. I'm gonna take the stand and people can yell at me. Uh, but, I'm gonna say like maybe he's hot, but I don't know why. I think like I a, think like that. A bet- that was how yeah, he made like, his living. I think a lot of people. Yeah, said like that. a Benedict Cumberbatch kind of a situation. Good call. Yes. Good yeah. Call. Yeah. All right. So so Daniel Daniel is immune to it because he takes antihistamines. So is the doctor. Uh, they discover this. They discover that like 
the disease feeds on histamine in your body. So if you don't have any histamine in your body, then the thing will starve. That's <laughs> the pseudoscience behind it. Whatever. I don't care. So their solution is to load up a bunch of Trank tarts <laughs> with fucking Benadryl. <laughs> and then just go in and just shoot the hell out of them. I thought that they were going to be like, well, we have to uh, we have to spray them with some sort of gas. Or like, we need to have an ingenious way to introduce this into their water supply. And instead they're just like, we got Benadryl guns, people! <laughs> Open fire! Because this show is pure military, right? Yeah. Like, like the U.S. military also loved this show. They'd got like blessings from the actual U.S. Air Force and everything. Uh, so I mean that's their, yeah. that's their plan. They're like, all right, let's just shoot them. Let's just. <laughs> I feel like that's probably a reoccurring thing on this show. Of they're like, all right, that there's this plague we need to solve, and we have these uh, these healing bullets that we're going to fire at them. I think it's probably like they they probably usually load their solution into some form of gun and fire it at the bad yeah. guys. So, so that's basically the episode it, in a nutshell. They they fix it with Benadryl guns, uh, and then everybody goes back to normal. Uh, and then there's some flirtation between the captain and Jack O'Neill because they had a moment earlier because she got like intense disease horny. Yeah, no one else gets yeah. disease the, horny in the locker room, which was like a just bizarrely weird. It, yeah. And, kind of icky yeah, it, it really had a, a, a gross energy to it yeah because i they they i feel like they do not have like sexual chemistry like as actors no. so it just really feels like stilted and uncomfortable yeah and they're like long game yeah they you know what i mean it's kind of like the whole thing where like they're in love with each other but like he's her commanding officer so nothing can ever happen and then when they both retire, they end up together. Right. But, like, you're right. They don't have any chemistry. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> not, not a good call. He just, I think their sexual chemistry comes from him making, like, offhanded comments every episode where he's just like, by the way, I'm attracted to you, but firing gun wildly into aliens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I will say that this is, like, one of the only episodes that has one of the things I do like about this show and I think it was it's the actress Amanda Tapping who I've like watched some interviews where it sounds like it comes from her where they don't sexualize her that much mm-hmm. like she's wearing a military uniform she said like episode one that like they brought her uh, her costume and it had like a big push up bra and she's like no <laughs> no I'm not doing it like she refused and after that like they don't sexualize her that much so, like, me watching this episode where she, like, has a little crop top and gets, like, really sexy and aggressive, I'm like, oh, I don't like it. Uh, her, like, her... I don't like I, it at all. I think it, I don't, I think it makes it less sketchy, the fact that her doing, like, a sexy seduction is not like, oh, hey, big boy, do you want to hook up with me? And she's like, you, me, now, get on the ground! Like, she's a linebacker. She's like, we're <laughs> yeah. going! <laughs> pants off <laughs> uh, yeah but i just i just didn't i was like oh i don't like seeing her like that because like in my childhood 
like she's like strong female character in the 90s there's not a lot of them yeah we had to hold on to what we had you got her and buffy and then it's slim pickens after that yeah buffy also though like Wore a lot less clothes. Yeah. Samantha Carter. <laughs> also, this is on the sci-fi channel. So uh, in I mean, terms yeah. of like... You, you, you are comparing yeah. like a 16-year-old girl versus a like 35-year-old military officer. Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah. But like every other character in the show who's female has her boobs out. Like you, like you said earlier. Like, yeah. Always. If they have boobs... Not the doctor. And they're out. No, the doctor... Like all the female military personnel, they do a really good job, I think, of keeping them like super professional and like smart and cool any female they meet on another planet like even the cool warrior ones mm. their boots are out they're they're like welcome to planet clevagia like yeah exactly that actually gets pretty uncomfortable in this episode yeah uh, we can, you know what actually I'm, I'm gonna skip that we're not gonna do that part i'm not but, i'm not uh, we're, we're gonna skip the part where like they have to sit there and be like, we just going to let the, the caveman assault this woman? Oh, let's, yeah. Let's, let's, let's skip over we that. We can gloss over we'll that. Let's skip that. Uh, uh, so before right. we continue on to the next episode, I do have uh, something I want to share with Marty because I think it'll delight him. Annie, what are the Gould Stormtroopers called? Because I want to show Marty a picture of them. Uh, the Jaffa. So that's what Teal'c is. Teal'c is a Jaffa. Yeah. Jaffa. So basically what they are is like they're enslaved people who serve as the Gould military. Because for some reason, even though Gould are obsessed with, like, making more of themselves and having human hosts, there are also, like, not a lot of them. And they never really, like, are there a lot of them or none of them? I don't know. Marty, I'm going to drop a picture of the stormtroopers into the chat so you can get <laughs> <laughs> over it. <laughs> they kill, like, 15 of those guys per episode. Oh, a serpent guard. Yes, he's just wearing a big, stupid, like, paper mache snake head. He, I looks, always... he looks like he's in a, like marching in a Mardi Gras parade. Yeah, so that's, a, uh, I think, Apophis. Yeah. Has, uh, all of his guards wear, like, weird metal snake heads. They, that are they all great. have, like, like uh, Lord Helmet from Spaceballs headgear, where it's just absurdly large. Like, how could you possibly yeah. see out of that? And it was the most fun. To, it was my favorite thing as a kid to watch them die because they would always be like, Argh! and like just give in to the top heaviness of their entire upper body. It's yeah. fantastic. And then they have the cool. They have the weird thing on their foreheads too. Yeah. Which some of them it's like printed on, and some of them it's like metal. Oh yeah, uh, and it, and it has to do with their rank. Um, but you'll appreciate this. There's one episode where, spoiler alert, they accidentally go back in time. <laughs> what? Another good one. As you do. Yeah, that's a that, as you do. There's a solar flare which throws them back in time. I feel like that's the normal and, way they do it. Yeah, and they have to hitchhike a ride. They're like in the 70s, and they have to hitchhike a ride with some hippies, and um. One of them is like, dude, I like your tattoo. What does it mean? And Teal'c goes, it symbolizes slavery to false gods. And the guy's like, radical, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, as I watched this, because I never watched any Stargate, but I did watch Sliders. (laughs) Oh, I didn't watch that. Which is basically like, what if Stargate was fun? (laughs) I see... (laughs) 
Okay. Sorry, guys. I was bored to tears in this episode. My dad had the complete opposite reaction where we tried to watch uh, season one of Sliders and he put it on and he was like, this sucks. We're putting on Stargate. Nobody shot anybody in like three episodes. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Sliders is the same basic like idea. Well, it's it's really more quantum leap, but it's just like, because you don't have a whole lot of control over it where you're sliding from world to world and each world is slightly different and things uh and you kind of explore it but there's not as big of a military presence in there which i think is what kind of turned me off of stargate in, in yeah uh so yeah well i mean just look look at this episode the u.s military goes into a place they do not belong <laughs> and they solve all their problems like it, it is back. it also it is, is like imperialism isn't all bad guys <laughs> It's also yeah. just not that interesting to look at because most of what you're seeing is uh, a gray and brown military base, right? That's where the majority, because yeah. there's no, every time they, and then they go to the the land of the darkness where I was like, look guys, I know that this is supposed to be fucking dark and that's the point, but I can't see shit. I can't see <laughs> anything that's happening on my screen. So every time they went to the fucking pottery barn that is the land of light, <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God, a set. Thank God, some yeah. set design, but they don't spend a whole lot of time there. I feel like they they had yeah. to get out of there before it closed at nine. Every, uh, <laughs> every, conveniently, every single planet they go to is a forest in upstate New York. Yeah. It's, no, it's no, all no. Vancouver. It's, it's all Vancouver. Vancouver. <laughs> it's always yeah. Vancouver. Somebody has said that before. How come every planet on Stargate SG-1, it looks like the woods <laughs> in Vancouver? <laughs> They're always like, it's, well, it's always another Vancouver, planet of trees. Every, every, Everywhere in X-Files is Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver is Santa Barbara, California. In Psych, <laughs> all, every cable like TV show you've ever seen is in is in Vancouver for some kind of like tax purpose dodge yeah. kind of thing. Like oh, Vancouver so never get, I have no idea what Vancouver looks like, but yes I do because I've watched television. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh fantastic. Twin Peaks is Vancouver. I can't uh, believe they managed to pull off Vancouver with with Santa Barbara. That is actually impressive. You know that they were freezing, right? Like there are yeah. so many scenes of people like walking in shorts and t shirts on the beach in in Psych. <laughs> they were all I feel like, freezing. I feel like film and TV people are just like if we just change the hue of the screen, you know where you're supposed to. Like, is it a little bit like yellowy? It's California. Is it orange? We're in the Middle East. Oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> and if we're, if we're really deep in the Middle East, we put that weird shitty sepia filter on. Yeah. The, the, the terrorism filter. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you can just, and like, I feel like you can just put a filter on whatever footage you have and be like, I've decided where we are. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's blue, it's Antarctica. It's this weird, like, visual shorthand you've, you've always... You, you have and then if you actually ever i don't know get to go to iraq and you realize oh it looks like you know everything else on the world you know my, oh, my, my eyes have stop bragging about your trip to iraq <laughs> i've never been to iraq <laughs> but <laughs> work it into every conversation never, like, if you've actually been to iraq i've, I've never been to a, listen most people who've been to iraq don't brag about it <laughs> <laughs> most people who've been to iraq don't like to talk about it uh <laughs> Even if you put them in a room with a therapist to do so. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. 
All right, should we jump onto the Let's next one? Let's go onto the onto holiday. Uh, sure. Celebrate. Bizarre holiday. name for this. The weirdest name for this episode. They just tied it into the last sentence of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, there was definitely. Thank you for my holiday. Yeah. There's definitely a moment where I'm like, ah, there it is. There's the title. You know, yeah. Yeah. When they say, uh, Dan, Dan, you give me the, uh, the description of this episode. Okay. Um, so in this one, we jump right into it where they're immediately walking through the Stargate into a, into a place. Um, and they are greeted immediately by a weird old, old man who says a bunch of weird shit to them about like, my name is Daniel. Actually, my name is Jack. Uh, and then they're like, all right, uh, this guy's weird. Teal'c goes, he's actually a legendary freedom fighter that is known throughout the galaxy that when I was a slave, I was supposed to hunt down. This is a great honor to meet him. Um, and then he touches a machine at the same time as, uh, as Jackson. Uh, and the old man falls down and goes into a coma. And Jackson immediately goes like, oh, my demeanor has changed. I am much more formal and in no way acting conspicuous. Well, I would like to go home to my apartment in Vancouver. I mean, New York. Let's get out of here. They go back to the base, take the old, old man, put him in an infirmary, and then proceed to do a 15-minute fish-out-of-water story. I like that one. Like yeah, that one. which... Uh, and then they realize that the old, old man and Daniel swapped bodies. Uh, and then while they try to solve that, there is further body swapping shenanigans. So we, it's, this is the body swapping episode. Uh, I will point out that the old, old man is played by Michael Shanks, who also plays Daniel Jackson. So that's Michael. which is my favorite thing about the episode. Is that? It's that just, went over my fucking head. In prosthetic. <laughs> yeah. Although I will is say- it prosthetic, but then also like talking through his nose, like he's <laughs> yeah. like, that's just Daniel Jackson with a cold. That's genuinely <laughs> impressive because I did not see that. Honestly, I at one point I was like, this dude, this old old man looks weirdly like Jake Johnson. <laughs> 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 okay, that is genuinely impressive as uh, on him as an actor. But also, why did they do that? They could have just gotten an old, old man. No, like, I, li- I like this yeah. bit, right? Because he's got to play both roles. <laughs> also, I'm looking at the at Michael Shanks's... Uh, so I'm looking at the ultra-imperialist Stargate wiki right now. I'm going to read just a couple of sentences from Michael Shanks' wiki entry. Really just one, blah, blah, blah. He met, he met his wife on the set of Andromeda. They have a daughter, blah, blah, blah. His favorite villain is Anubis because he's so oily. Annie, can you elaborate on that? <laughs> Was Anubis particularly oily? Is is like, being oily a, does, a trait that you would like that would make someone? Does he mean character? oily like I I don't know if he means physically oily. There is oily. no footnote to this. <laughs> I I think he just means like he can get out of anything. Is he sneaky. like he's he's sneaky a really is the sneaky, word yeah. he's there. a shifty character. Well, well, but like he's actually he doesn't have a spoiler alert he doesn't have a physical body so they're like we got him and then he just like sneaks out I so mean, he is oily he, in that circumstance he's literal oil <laughs> he is quite literally oil yeah. I just that's such an odd reason to uh, yeah. to make someone your favorite character who's my favorite character yeah. the guy that is just full of just pure grease I like a good wet antagonist <laughs> so the big joke in the Stargate fan 
Daniel is constantly dying. Like sometimes <laughs> actually dies and comes back. And then a lot of other times like this almost dies, like just constant. They're like, he literally dies like five times over the course of the so show. So he's like, and comes he, back. He's like supernatural. <laughs> he's like the guys from Supernatural where they cannot go 15 minutes without uh, going into cardiac arrest. Right. He he kind also yeah, they, he also played Carter Hall Hawkman on Smallville, which we just did a Patreon bonus episode about. And yeah, this guy is exactly who you get to play Hawkman on Smallville. Uh, so this old old man is is body swapping with Daniel. Uh, Teal'c and O'Neill also wind up body swapping in, I'll say, a pretty funny funny bit. Like uh, Colonel Bald guy sends them back and says, "All right, well, go get that device that swapped them." And Teal'c and O'Neill stand on either end of this big device, and they both pick it up, and then both of them shock, and they yeah. both look at each other like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Which I, I love how Colonel Ham, or General Hammond was like, treat it as hazardous material. And they're like, all right, we're just going to touch it. Yeah. The very first thing they do is just kind of <laughs> They're it. like, we don't need a hand truck or anything. You pick up the end that the old guy touched. I'll pick up the end that Daniel touched, and are we'll they, pick are it up. Are they even wearing gloves? Like, they put, like, weird insulation things on the handles, but I'm like, you couldn't pick it up by anything other than the handle? Yeah. Like, you know, you just watched this happen. You saw, you saw the deal. You watched this. Bring you, a forklift through the Stargate and just go get people it. People have fucking goldfish brains. <laughs> so yeah. And it's demonstrated, like, in this episode, after they capture old man in Daniel's body, they bring him in, uh, and he says... I can't, I can't do this. I can't bring him back. The device is programmed so that there will be no reversals. I can't reverse him. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I know what this is. It's a fucking logic puzzle. Just grab a yeah. fucking whiteboard. I, we, 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 we know what's going We, I know what, we all know what's happening. Yeah. Just do it. Just do Future it. Drama yeah. invented a new mathematical yeah. theory to do this with like 16 <laughs> characters. Yeah. yeah. My favorite is when Sam is like, okay, just listen to me. It's going to get complicated. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, we just we just switch two people and then switch them with, you know what I mean? We I screamed at my TV. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> they basically are like, all right, I have an advanced degree in mathematics. Now you have a fox, a chicken, and a bag of corn. And you have a boat. And you need to get them all across the river. But if you leave two alone, the fox will eat the chicken or the chicken will eat the corn. How do you get them across? And they're like, all right, let's bring up a whiteboard. Let's solve this shit. <laughs> So that's it. That's that's how they solve this. They do the they swap around. They do the fucking transitive property. Uh, yeah. And uh, but, but whatever. We don't care about that. Tell me. Talk to me about the old man in Daniel's body. Okay. You know Andy, what? You I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm happy you... with that. Let me say yeah. that again. Tell me about the old man in Daniel's body. Tell well, me I'm... all about it. I watched all of MASH when I was in my early 20s. <laughs> I think that covers it. I went to an, a country time buffet one time, and it was a wonderful experience. I recommend it highly. Uh, and I have a lot of trouble calculating the tips at restaurants. Okay, there we go. All right. All yeah. those are good. All right, go on. Um. Okay, so... He he undertakes these activities. He's he has a new lease on life. He's in a new young body. Um, so what he does is uh harass people on the street to be like, "Tell me your ways. Teach me the ways of America." And in addition to that, 
after that, he makes friends with a homeless guy, um, learns how credit cards work, and buys everybody at a restaurant dinner. Proceeds to eat an ice cream sundae? And then is arrested. <laughs> I, I love this bit. I love how Michael Shanks is playing it. This is honestly, in these two episodes, the one time that I was like sitting up interested. I was kind of bored for most of this. But I love this bit of him wandering around going like, uh, at one point, the uh, the homeless man, whose name is like Fred or Frank, says. Fred. Fred. Uh, he they, they agree to go feast together and celebrate our friendship. And Fred goes, is it on you? And. Yes, we shall feast on me, if that is yeah. the custom. <laughs> I loved every, like, hammy minute of that. I loved him, uh, where would I find this credit card? <laughs> is it, I yeah. fit, the vibe I got from the way he delivered that is the old man thought that they were going to be eating the food off of his body and was cool with it. <laughs> he was like, that's yeah. the guy, the way you guys do it, <laughs> then yes, you can eat an ice cream sundae off my stomach. I am, I am down for whatever you guys are into. I mean, yeah, if there's one thing yeah. we can say about uh, Marcello, Marcello is the name of the character. Marcello, yeah. there's one thing we can say about Marcello, he down. He yeah. down to fucking claim. He's down for anything. He's seen a lot of shit and he'll, he's ready to go. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I the like one, Marcello's bit there. The one moment where I was like, no, oh, this is the, the 90s, is when he's like, meets the hostess at the restaurant and he's like you are an enchanting woman and she's like you know hits on her and she's like mm-hmm. yeah. i'm like oh yeah casual misogyny yeah it's a compliment because it's the 90s yeah her- <laughs> she was like well you know that inflated my self-esteem and made me feel mm-hmm. good about myself that was the best part of my day take notes every man over 40 Right, exactly. I was like, oh, waitresses yeah. love it when you talk to them like this. Yeah. Although, yeah. although, to I guess to her credit, she does. She, she's not like like happy about it, and she's not like yeah. She like the the exact exchange well, is like he he says something like, uh, "You are enchanting. I would be honored with a kiss." And she's like, "Yeah, I fucking bet you would, pal." <laughs> well, but she says it like with a, like a sexy smirk. Oh, yeah, yeah, like I would have yeah. been like, I would have been like, "Fuck off and get yeah. out." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she doesn't right. go like ew, gross. She's like, "Oh, I roll men," yeah. and walks away. Yeah. This this is after exactly. she's explained to him that with a credit card he can pay for all of their food. Yeah, Which, yeah. I gotta be honest. Look, would it have? Ki- I know that this is a little hacky, but I really I was waiting for it. I was expecting it. I wanted it. The very last scene after everybody gets switched there, gets back is like Daniel Jackson's walking through Stargate, and he's just like. Oh man, this is all. This is good. I'm really glad to be back in my own body. Now let me go check my credit card statement. What? <laughs> and then you know, hard cut. Executive to executive producer Dean Devlin. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. they didn't do that joke. They set it up so well. It's just, it's such the obvious bit. I was waiting for it, and when mm. it didn't happen, because the way that it actually ends is like on such a very serious note. Machello dies. But right before Michello dies, they get everybody turned in. And so, you know, there's a very sad bit of Michello. Like, he, you know, they click off his life support and go to flatline. And then uh, Colonel Bald Guy says, welcome back, SG-1. And that's the credits. It's a very serious bit. And I'm sitting, it's such a weird, serious tone for what is a very silly episode. 
And it ends so seriously. And also, fuck this guy. I don't care that this guy died. Well, okay. His whole argument, it was he was like, catch him, and they're like, you got to give his, Daniel's body back. And he's like, even if I could, I don't want to. And his argument is, hey, I was a freedom fighter. Uh, literally, my entire planet was destroyed because of all the rad stuff I was doing to fight the evil Gauld. And uh, I don't deserve to die a sad old man. Uh, it sucks that he's going to die, but you know what? I've earned it. And they were like, you have to go back into that corpse and die. And I was just like, I feel like you could just go get a, an inmate on death row or a guy whose body is Damn, fine. Damn, dude. A... Well, Damn. no. I don't know. They're the military. They do shit like that all the time. I will say that, right? There, There is a moment where the, the colonel does say something like, here on Earth, the sanctity of the right to life is sacred. And I sat there going, you're a colonel in the U.S. military. The Gulf War was like 20 yeah. minutes ago. So many people. What yeah. are you talking about, dude? I get that that guy's yeah. white, but still. Yeah. Yeah. The, part of it is like, I think, especially early in the show, they can't actually let the team acquire any useful technology. Because oh, then sure. why are, then why are they still traveling? Yeah, right, out right. In the Stargate. So, like every chance they come across something useful, they need like a a good moral reason to be like, no, we didn't get it this time because we believe in the sanctity of human life. It's like if this was like the real Air Force. Like, yeah, we would have it. They would have been like. At one <laughs> point in time in this episode, Michello turns to the captain and says, "Oh, when, when she's done her amazing logic puzzle." Uh, and goes, oh, it's too bad I'm going to die. I, I wish I could give you my technology. It would be amazing in your hands and you could keep fighting the Gahul. Dude, did, did you not take notes? Yeah. Do you not have a notebook? Uh, scratch well, pad, some post-it notes? notes and code. <laughs> oh, also, it seems like it was pretty straightforward. You touch one and other guy touch other and you swap bodies. It doesn't seem like it's like... Question, well, no, how was that supposed to fight the Gahul? That was my next question. I'll I think I don't think that piece of t I think he built that piece of, of technology specifically for himself. I think he's got other projects oh, he has other laid shit out going in the on, and they're all in code. I I was I was like, are the go go old like my one weakness? Freaky Fridays. <laughs> no, I can't I can't defeat someone that's body swapped. Ah, we're just gonna have a damn you, Jamie Lee Curtis. Just gonna, just gonna have a bunch of babies hold on to this. this <laughs> hey, go holes, come test your strength. <laughs> it's, ah, um, put put your hands here and see what a red hot lover you are. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> One of the things I wrote down in my notes that I was like, um, that highly, you know, technologically advanced notebook technology that this alien has is an ipad <laughs> it's not even that's a fucking palm pilot yeah, it's, a it's like the old screen it's like it's like what we thought incredible technology was going to be like in 1994 oh uh, the, the future sucks the future's <laughs> yeah. such a letdown i love how star trek was like future technology holograms food replicators holodecks and stargate is just like ipads <laughs> end of list uh, we've I, reached the limit of our dreams i want to point talk about the part here after uh after they've captured uh 
Michello in Daniel's body, and after Colonel Bald Guy says sanctity of life or whatever, so they haul him back into the infirmary and go, "You talk to this man. You talk to this old old man, and you think about what you've done." Sir. <laughs> and they sit him down, and what proceeds to happen is that Michael Shanks has a sad guy dick waving contest with himself. <laughs> Where the two of them talk about <laughs> bad shit that's happened to him, and, and Michello goes, "Ah, my wife betrayed me and was one of them." And, and old Daniel gets to go, "They took my wife too." And then young Michello goes, "Well, at least you have a planet." <laughs> yeah, I guess so, man. I guess you win. I don't have a planet. I do have a planet. I like that they stole Princess Leia's origin story for Michello. Like, <laughs> they blew up Alderaan. Don't you understand? Also, does Michello sound like a refreshing soft drink to anyone else? It's Lemoncello. <laughs> yes. It's Lemoncello. I would... I, I am genuinely thirsty with you guys saying the name over and over again, where I'm like, I would cr- I would fuck up a nice can of Michello so much. It's definitely, it sounds like an Italian soda. Yeah. Yes. Also, man, the, the this show loves apostrophes. Michello <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. is spelled M-A apostrophe cello. Gauld, G-O-A apostrophe U-L-D. O'Neill is O apostrophe N E I L L. That one you can't pin on the ghoul. Yeah. Teal is T I D E A L C. Look, I'm just I'm just going through the synopsis of this episode and counting all the apostrophes I can see. Well, there's speaking speaking of words that are said way too many times, there's also an apostrophe in Kel No Reem. <laughs> which I'm like, oh every, right. Like, that whole sequence where like Teal needs to get o- like O'Neill in Teal'c's body to like meditate he's like you must go into Kelnoreem oh, and they say the word Kelnoreem I like 17 times we, yeah we I'm sorry we, we've skipped I, over this we haven't had discussed the the Teal'c and O'Neill uh body swap a whole lot yeah Which, incredible acting I feel just, like any oh, no, I'm just kidding. Anytime you do a uh, a body swap thing, it's basically the actor equivalent of a dance-off where you're just like, all right, bitch, acting challenge. You take my character, I take your character. Let's go. Uh, we're at one second here. Let me go ahead to IMDb, type in face off. <laughs> what year did that come out? That came out in 1997. So this episode actually predates face off by about three years. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so they, uh, uh, I, it was, it was genuinely weird to see, having watched this show for years, genuinely weird to see Teal talk like a normal human man and Mm -hmm. not do a shitty Spock impression. But, um, which one, which one do you think is doing a better job of impersonating the other? I, I think Christopher Judge, who plays Teal, does a way better Jack O'Neill well, doing... I thought I was really up. I was like Richard Dean Anderson is the only actor who came into the show with like major stuff because he had done MacGyver before this, right? Right. So he's the only one coming in with like major uh, work behind him. And I was like, "That's your best teal." Yeah. Well, really. And I thought Teal did a better. I think that Christopher Judge did a better job of doing Jack, which is crazy because Teal is the easiest acting job that anyone has ever had. I don't think that's yeah. true. I, I, what? I, 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 I think I think it's deceptive. I think Nimoy would tell you 
that it is actually very hard to play pure stoicism. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Like you've got to project a lot with very little. I, yeah. yeah I, you, you don't basically you basically give up most of the tools of the job, right? That's like fair. when your whole job is making facial expressions. Uh, you know, you basically give that up. So I would I, I would say that's harder. I would say I might. The, yeah, I was unfair because I was like, "You're doing negative acting. Do it better." It's definitely harder to play the the Spock than it is to play the Kirk, right? Yeah, like, that's way harder. Yeah, yeah. I also think though, like Richard Dean Anderson. Uh, this is gonna be a little mean. Uh, I feel like he's got one character. Yeah, it's wise like guy. MacGyver, Jack O'Neill. Wise, he's got like wisecracking, loudmouth kind of. Uh, Annie, I have a quick. Do years later, do Richard Dean Anderson's one-liners land for you still? Because I thought he was the funniest motherfucker as a kid, and he got yeah. nothing off of me. Uh, he's never been my favorite. Yeah, I I way prefer the teal. Like when Jack is like Lucy, I'm home, and he's like, "You've called me Lucy. I don't like yeah. it." I I prefer that. I prefer. There's another episode where they say something about Oprah, and he goes. What is an Oprah? I, and I'm like, kills me. Love it. <laughs> I uh, I want to, like, make fun of this show for its humor, but at the same time, it's basically just beat all Marvel movies to the punch, where all of, like, his jokes are like, he's right behind me, isn't he? Or, well, that happened. Or, yeah. well, I aren't, it sounds like you're really glad to see us. Like, basically just do all of Black Widow's lines from every Avengers movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> oh fuck so um yeah but they're they have to set up like an urgent timeline for why their body swap needs to be resolved and it is basically um Teal'c has no immune system whatsoever because the worm in his stomach does it for him but for him to basically not die of smallpox on the spot he needs to go into meditation to let the worm do all of his body shit um, so he basically needs to urgently teach MacGyver how to meditate. They they set that up for fun, and it, it doesn't really go anywhere, like, I feel. Yeah, it, it doesn't. And it's, like, not, like, they bring the Kelnarine thing back sometimes, but it's not really, like, relevant. It doesn't. It's not like a big deal. So that it's like just a weird side thing to me. That it's it's weird. So it's it's just it's it's adding more lore. It's adding more stuff to Teal. What else can we put on Teal? He has to go into Keanu Reeves mode, and uh, and he has to do a Keanu Reeves meditation um, to recharge his bat his solar battery. So there's got to be another character that's like this, right? Like uh, another character that's got to like. I'm trying to think of another character like that too needs many to things. commune with his belly worm to heal his diseases. <laughs> I was just thinking about like a character who's got to go into like stasis mode and then come back, right? Superman, kind of. Yeah. Um, he yeah. but got to recharge his, his mana, basically. His explanation for how uh, Annie, what's the name of of meditation in this? Kelnorim. Kelnorim is like first day at a yoga studio where he's like, "All right, all right, I'm gonna break this down for you." Quiet your mind, focus on your soul, and then don't think. All right, can you follow all that? 
All right, you just did kill Nareem. Good job, good job, good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Crush next, it. Next, we'll work on downward facing I, dog. <laughs> I didn't know that I needed uh, Richard Dean Anderson to teach a yoga class. Because <laughs> I was like, this is soothing. Andy, if you ever need to branch off into a side gig, you could do meditation uh, Stargate SG-1 style. You wouldn't even have to say it's Stargate SG-1 and be like, all right, I'm starting my new Kel Nareem class. <laughs> I open a studio in LA I'd make millions. Oh, millions. Some, someone's <laughs> definitely someone has definitely taught Kelno Ream, right? Yes. Like, someone's definitely like written a book or something about that. Yeah. Oh man, better living through Stargate. Uh the teal oh system for per, uh for wellness. Actually, I bet the author the guy that played Teal has written that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like what what else is he doing these days? <laughs> Selling those books on on the convention circuit. Okay, yeah. so Dan and Annie, do you still like Star? Annie does. You yeah, still I like do. Stargate. Right, you religiously. Um, why do you think your dad liked this so much? Oh, big question. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was a sci-fi guy in general. Um, you know, it was like, uh, you know, Battlestar Galactica was on, and then. And then Stargate, and then Farscape, and you know, like just the Sci-Fi Channel. It was these like, are all my dad night. shows too. Yeah, like. yeah. It was like that run. It was like I don't know. Um, I feel like it's like the dad version of like the TGIF lineup. Mm-hmm. On like you know, <laughs> like or like Comedy Thursdays on NBC. It was like whatever night it was on like a Sci-Fi Channel. You had like all the hits back to back. I miss I miss programming blocks like that. I miss when television yeah. used to do like blocks of that, and everything would be kind of around a theme. You know, I, yeah, I, I miss that. I, we'll never bring it back, and there's no I, reason to. No, but. You, you do have to understand from the years 1995 through 2007, the Ludwig family has seen every single thing that has ever aired on the Sci-Fi Channel <laughs> because our, our dad used to come home post up turn on the sci-fi channel and we would all gather around and be like all right we're watching uh we're watching a, what, what's this sci-fi original movie a shark has been spliced with a giant snake Pfft, guess we're doing it like we've seen everything one of the other yeah. shows annie brought up was roswell which we watched like three seasons of yeah it's bad it's uh, like Catherine Heigl's debut, where like a but I I vaguely remember the plot, which is like a bunch of like the uh, Roswell aliens are actually hot teenagers, <laughs> they- and that's and then they like work in all of like the Area Fifty One themed like tourist stuff in Roswell. Okay, so you're definitely watching Smallville next, right? <laughs> yeah, Smallville. 100%. Smallville is what if every DC superhero was a hot teenager? Yes. So. Yeah, yeah, got it's, it. It was like. It, they all had corresponding superpowers. I think one of them could turn invisible. The other thing, so it was the it was charmed. It was just alien charmed. Yeah, I only vaguely. I just remember like the characters, and but I that was one where I the plot. There was there was such an interesting like, the mid nineties also had this real stretch of like very sameish kind of cheaply made Canadian mostly. Uh, either syndicated or basic cable television shows that were like, there was, there was like a, a dial for on like four boys and four girls and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and just basically you could do the same thing, but on the four boys, you'd just be like more guns. 
And for <laughs> girls, you'd be like, more magic. Aliens, yeah. boys. Witches, girls. Mm-hmm, and you could do yeah. the exact same scripts. <laughs> Charmed absolutely yeah. had body swapped episodes. One hundred percent, right? Probably upwards yeah. of seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's very a very good point. Is just like so. I think part of this show, like I was even I wrote down like when Michello as Daniel is like walking around the city, like exploring. I'm like, look at the '90s fashion. <laughs> like it is very much a product of its time. Yeah. And you you have to appreciate that like when you're watching it, but I like I do think that that was like a particular era of TV, and it's definitely the winding down of the era of cable TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, no, it's the it, tail end of it. That, uh, no, it's it's mid '90s, right? It's the mid '90s, so cable well, TV it, is like we're on, on top. <laughs> Nothing will ever defeat cable. Years. So at the time, I don't oh, know if this true. is still true, but at the time, Stargate SG-1 was the longest-running sci-fi show of all time. It went for 10 years, over 200 episodes. So it ran through the mid-2000s. What a fucking bonkers timeline. I think yeah. another another thing that kind of appealed was, like, we would watch sci-fi movies with our dad, and he would fast-forward through all the talking parts, where he would be <laughs> he like, would he would just, we would just get to, like, the part of interpersonal relationship, and he'd be like, and fast-forward, all right, explosion, explosion, and I feel like Stargate yeah. SG-1 was just the parts of the show that he liked, where he was like, <laughs> it was like, lore, guns, lore, guns. <laughs> Are are you are you happy that your dad made you watch so much Stargate? I mean, I think I feel differently you, about you, it than Dan. <laughs> no, I'm cool with it. As far as shit I was going to watch as a kid, I mean, I didn't see the Ninja Turtles movie until I was like 24, so I missed out on some. I didn't watch the Goonies as a kid, but I have seen oh, every man. sci-fi original movie. Did you which find I, it, Did you find it hard to like talk to other kids? I mean, just because yes, be, be, beyond just everything about you and who you are. Was this one of the reasons why you found it hard to talk to other kids? Well, guess what? We just showed you the Rosetta Stone for why I am the way I am. Because (laughs) I grew up watching these, which was, as a kid, I was like, hell yeah, Stargate! So, I think what the other thing we need to mention is in our house growing up, we were not allowed to watch TV during the week. Yeah, sure. Right? So, we got home from... we Weekends, fair game. Friday when you got home from school, fair game. But... We weren't allowed to watch TV, and then our dad would just, like, walk home, plop himself on the couch, and put the sci-fi network on. So if we wanted to watch TV, we had to, like, pretend like we weren't watching Stargate. Yes. Right? Like, it was, that was it. And so, like, all of our friends would be like, oh, this is what was on on Wednesday night. And we'd be like, didn't see it. Missed it. Like, no cartoons, nothing. Like, we were always behind on everything. But when you are, when you are 13... All of this sci-fi channel stuff is the raddest shit. I was I was like, I'm going to watch an octopus with the body of a dude kill a man. Like, fuck it. Give me, like, pages of sci-fi lore all about it. I have nothing but free time. So right. I was, yeah, I'm pro having watched this. D- Dan, um, do we want to do a rating system for this? We should have yeah. thought about this before we, we did this. Nah, nah. <laughs> Five out of five dads. Yes. <laughs> I think the question a you asked. A ten on the dadometer. 
The question is, did you, are you happy that you watched this as a kid is going to be our really only thumbs up, thumbs down, because you're going to get us who are like, yeah, it's pretty cool that we watch this. Or you're going to get people of like, man, I fucking hated watching, uh, watching Arliss as a kid. Can you, Whose you guys, dad's you, favorite show is Arliss? Who, who, know. who was watching Arliss with their son or daughter? We're going to find out. <laughs> you guys should do like a like a Twitter poll or something like yeah. who else's dad watched Sharky? Yeah. I, I, honestly, honestly, if we, if we turn this into a quest to find the most dad show. Yeah. And I, I think, I think like if we're talking about the most dad show, Andy Griffith's show is probably like a strong contender. But yeah. Stargate is also a very strong contender. Yeah. Stargate so, is yeah. like top seeded. Yeah. All right. If you want to know how, how dad of a show Stargate is, I, one of my really good friends, this is not a happy story. Um, her dad has a rare form of dementia and I was over there visiting her and he like wandered into the living room. And he was like, can you put my show on? She's like, okay, dad. She's like, sorry, he only watches one show. And I was like, what show? And she's like, uh, I don't know, Stargate something. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, that's about right. And everything right. falls Damn. away. That's Names, a... memories, life experiences. Yeah. Stargate sticks with you. Yeah, he's like, she's like, he can't talk, but he wants to watch Stargate as G one. There, there are like dads who have been on their deathbeds and be like, come close, come close, O'Neal, and then just flatlined. Yeah. Uh, damn, Dad, I was. Kind of, kind of hoping for. Uh, I'm proud of you, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, tell it. Tell oh, we got to figure out me, what happened. Telling <laughs> me the secrets of Kelno Reem is pretty good too. <laughs> come closer, come closer. Anubis was the oiliest villain. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. I'm ending the show there. There it yeah. is. Run theme song. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Uh, as always, if you want to get at us on our, our fucking socials at break mayberry on twitter support us with your money dollars patreon.com slash breaking mayberry really glad to be back thanks for hanging out with us annie um appreciate you being here i'm not going to give your socials out there because unless any is anything you want to promote like anything you want no i i only use my twitter to complain about boston public transportation so unless that is your deal uh, leave oh, me alone. Also, Do you want to oh, use actually, this platform to complain about Boston public transportation? The entire orange line is shut down right now. The entire goddamn orange the line. The entire goddamn orange the line. Do you thing. hear us, people? Also, a uh, quick, quick note, Annie, I want to take this opportunity to apologize because I know that you have, like, less than you follow less than 100 people on Twitter, and I'm one of them. And if you follow less than 100 people, and I'm one of them, I am, like, 40% of your Twitter timeline. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm sorry. I, actually, I said to Dan once, I was like, following Marty is really interesting because it's like half like really interesting political commentary and half like he got really upset with like a pair of socks yesterday <laughs> and, and like tweeted 17 times about it. <laughs> That's my friendship with Marty in a nutshell. <laughs> it's also our Discord messages. <laughs> Sorry if that was like too close that's to home. That's exactly it. This is the perfect description of knowing me. You nailed it. Because most of the time I'm like, that's you know, like an interesting political perspective, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm just confused. Marty, I think you Sorry. have to make that your Twitter bio now. <laughs> All 
right. Well, that's it. Good night. Thanks. Oh, I don't, I don't have a closeout for this. Uh, I, we'll see you all down at the down. What, what's what's the fucking Air Force Base called? No, we'll, Cheyenne Mountain. We'll see you all down at the secret Mount Cheyenne Mountain Air Force Base. <laughs> and then we're closing on the Stargate opening noise. I'm like, what? <laughs> Bum 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 b